This Talking Flutes podcast is kindly sponsored by Trevor James Flutes, making life sound beautiful. You can show them some flute love by following them on Instagram at TJ Flutes, Trevor James Flutes on Facebook and at trevorjamesflutes.com. Hello and welcome back to Talking Flutes Extra with me, Jean-Paul Wright. The intro music is, as usual, Bessame Mucho, played by the wonderful Giovanni Perez. This week, I have a really special treat for you, as this lady is back by request of your good selves, our lovely listeners. Swedish by birth, but now living and working in New York, and the working we'll discuss a bit later, because as we all know, New York is in the throes of the covid uh, issue at the moment. The last podcast on the 2nd of March I did with her was entitled It Was Like Throwing Up on a Page. And it was all about her not wanting to be put in a performance box. As she said, we have to have a relationship with rhythm, which is not just the melody. The podcast was really quite hard hitting as he explored her new album Hindsight which is based around social issues composed from her feelings of turmoil over subjects such as the election of President Trump through to issues such as Black Lives Matter. So, I'd like to give a Talking Flutes Extra podcast welcome back to the lovely Elsa Nilsson. Hi, Elsa. Hi, John Paul. Thank you so much for having me back. I uh, love doing these. <laughs> oh, it's just lovely to have you back. Um, how are you doing? How are you coping? I'm all right. Some days are hard. Some days are easier. I would say from the outset, you're one of these musicians and there's lots of you that make your income virtually solely by performing. I'm lucky enough that I do teach too. Okay. Um, so like the position I'm in is I have lost a lot. My community at large has lost a lot in terms of all the gigs being gone and all the venues being closed like we can't we can't work right now but you live through live performance you come alive yeah, yeah that's the thing that i've lost is like i've kind of lost my sense of who i am because i can't do the thing that makes me feel alive i can play by myself but to me music is about interaction and communication and it's really hard to not be able to do that and you're a very different person on stage, aren't you? In music is the only place I really feel like I'm my entire self mm. when I play. So you've been and doubly hit, not only by the coronavirus outbreak, sort of global issue, but also by the fact that playing live has been taken away from you and there is no, there's no clear sight as to when it's going to open up again. There isn't. Um, I mean, it, it's going to because it has to. Like yeah. we, we need this. Not just the musicians, but the audiences. And actually, um, like the day of lockdown or the couple of days before, I started a concert series that's doing live concerts on YouTube every single day. And I think we're on like concert fifty something at this point. Um, and I'm playing a lot of them, but. Um, I'm also having my my friends and artists I respect play a lot of them. There is that, and it helps a little bit to just remember what it's like to be human. 
because I think that's what arts really, the arts and music and live performance and all of this, I think that's what that brings to our culture and to our lives it is it it reminds us of our humanity and, and, you're, and you're very aware of sort of the humanity of music and you've always said that when you play when you play music you're not playing a dot there is so much more compassion love energy within that yeah. note and outside that note well the i mean music on a page that's a representation of music that's mm -hmm it's the same relationship as like a black and white picture of the ocean does not represent what it's like to smell the ocean and stand with your feet in the ocean. Yeah. And if I look at the same thing, you doing a live feed from your home in New York is not the same as standing on a stage in front of an audience and having the energy fed yeah. back to you. Even just one person, like even... The thing, the thing that gives me life about playing music is the interaction. And what that means for me is like, I play differently when there are people in the room, even if it's just one person. I don't know if, did I tell you the story of playing the homeless shelter with Ben Rodriguez? Oh no, go on. Oh, oh my God. It's like, this happened a few weeks before lockdown. We did this volunteer gig, me and the bass player, was at a homeless shelter for women in New York City. And we showed up and there was like, eight bands and we're all supposed to play for 10 minutes and all the other bands are playing covers and they're playing like it's singer songwriters playing songs for these women that, that they think they're going to recognize and to like uplift their spirits and bam and i go in and the band that we have is all improvised it's always all improvised like that's that's what we do we show up and we play what's in the room and we walked in and i said to the to the women i was like we're here, we're going to play for you. It's going to be different because, because you're here. Like We are playing with you and you are affecting the music. And we started to play and, you know, it's free jazz. Mm -hmm. It's, that's what you would call it. It's, we're feeding off of what's already in the room and we're feeding off of each other and it's organic and it moves not necessarily very fast, but it moves and it changes it changes in relation to what everyone else is doing. And about three minutes in, some women started singing along, which was the most amazing thing to me because the other musicians who had played, like they'd played things like Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah and songs that everybody knows and no one had sung along. And we were in there playing free improvised music and they were finishing my phrases for me. Like they weren't, they weren't following me. I was following them. I was hearing what their humming, where their humming wanted to go. And I was going there with them. And that felt like the most genuine communication, the most genuine form of support in that moment for each other. Like I'm here to give you a moment to not live in the, what you're experiencing in your life right now, because it's hard. Life is hard. But in order for me to be able to do that, I have to actually be with you. And the filter of the filter of the internet takes part of that away, but it doesn't take all of it away. And I think we need that so much right now, which is why I started Lattice is I need that. I'm like, I'm on there most nights listening to these concerts because I need that interaction. And even if there is the filter of the screen, it's better than nothing. And it reminds me that it's going to come back because it has to. And it, it helps me feel a little less 
a little less like I've lost everything. Yeah, well, I mean, I can hear it in your voice, Elsie. You're normally so bouncy. You know, there is a, yeah. there is a, it's almost as though you're cocooned at the moment. You're all sort of, you've gone from being a caterpillar and you've got a cocoon on. You're, tr- you're wanting to break out, yeah. but you don't know when you can. Or if. Like there's, there's a, everything is uncertain at this point. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm not very good with uncertainty. I'm good with running towards things that I don't know, but waiting is hard. And that's, that's where we are right now. It's a holding pattern for no one knows how long. No, they don't. But one thing is for certain is that one day it will come back. But yeah. that, I know that's of no use to yourself and your musician friends and colleagues around the world that need it back now because I think anyone in the creative arts, it needs the interaction, as you say, to have spontaneity, yeah. to have true value, it has to have an interaction. And to have to have that humanity. Yeah. Because that's what we're that's what we're really doing. We are we are reflecting each other's humanity when we make art. And I'll tell you what, I think when musicians go back, even if there's only two or three people in the audience, won't that be wonderful? Just to be able that's to play so to good. people. <laughs> um, no, that and that's that is my plan for Lattice is to have it be a ladder between where we are now and where we can play music in rooms together for each other again. And it's going to be gradual. It's going to have to be. Um, but like that's, that's what I'm envisioning. And the thing that I'm really, the thing that's bringing me hope from doing this is the fact that people are tipping the musicians. We need not only financial support, but just tactile support. Yeah. Not, like we need, we need all the support we can get right now. And we need to be able to get to give back to our communities. And the way that we do that is by making music. And it's not like recorded music isn't necessarily enough. But knowing, knowing that there is a bridge forward, knowing that there is a path forward and that there's going to be a day where I get to play with my friends again. And when I get to play for the people that I care about again, like it doesn't have to be big crowds. I've never really needed that. I like playing small bars. I like playing intimate rooms. It's my favorite. But yeah, you have, haven't you? You've played to big crowds, but you seem to come alive when you're in that intimate venue. Yeah. Yeah, that's my home. That's my, my space is where I can see the facial expressions of the people I'm playing for, because then I am getting as much from them as I am giving them. And it feels like it feels like community. That's what music is to me. It's it's a manifestation of community. <laughs> <laughs> Elsa. Let's talk about the all-improvised album, which you released on May the 15th with Bam Bam Rodriguez and Rodrigo Recabaran. Recabaran? Recabaran. Recabaran. Yeah. Tell me about it. Um, it, it has been a lifesaver. Yeah, it, is, it is pretty fascinating. It has, it's absolutely been a lifesaver for me. Um, that band has existed for the reason we released it on... May 15th is because that is a year, a month, a week, and a day after our first gig as a band. (laughs) (laughs) 
only you only you could could you know what go on that was bam bam's idea that wasn't my idea no a sort of thing that you would come up with in fact you're probably it is you would do it as to the hour and to the minute as well wouldn't you not necessarily (laughs) i don't necessarily know those things um no but that that actually brings up a point about this particular band is that like rodrigo and bam are both really amazing musicians like they're some of the best musicians i've ever had the privilege to play with but they're also really amazing people right and we see the world very very similarly um even though we're not like bam and i are incredibly similar um rodrigo's a little bit more grounded um which we need we need from a third person in that band um, Bam and I have known each other for like seven years and we've played a lot of gigs together, but always in other people's projects. And we've been talking about starting a project together for a long time and just never like, it never felt right. And one thing that happens a lot in New York, that's the thing that I love about being here is these things called sessions Yeah. where you, you call a session, you just like call people you want to play with, you go to their house and you spend all day making music or two hours, depending on. Um, and Bam and I did a lot of sessions and we were like planning on playing written music and we never did. We just like showed up and played duo and kind of hung out all day and played and talked and played and just like talked philosophy and, you know, big ideas. And we experienced music in the same way. And then a friend of mine asked me to do a, a gig like, kind of last minute. And I was like, you know what? I want to do a duo with, I want to do it with Bam and a third person. And Rodrigo um, is a drummer in Jeff McLaughlin, guitar, the guitar player in my band's trio. Mm-hmm. So I'd heard him for a long time. And I'd also played with him a lot because I love his playing. And um, he was he was the person who, right after my dad died, I only played a couple sessions before I went to the funeral. I flew to Sweden and emptied out my childhood home and did all that fun stuff. It's been a really easy couple of years for me, John Paul. It's been super great. Mm. (laughs) Um, But Rodrigo was the person that I played with right after that. And there were a couple of other really great musicians on those sessions. And in those sessions, we did play music, but I'm Swedish. So I would always show up early. And before the other musicians came, Rodrigo and I would just improvise and it felt the same as playing with Bam. So when we got that gig, I was like, you know what, let's try these two. Let's just like see what happens. And we had never played together as a trio before our first gig. And we went on stage and from the first note to the last note, no plan, no structure, no direction. We played songs. They were improvised, but they were like they were songs, and we all knew where it needed to go. We all knew how to how to move together just instinctually. And I do a lot of improvising on my own. It's part of my practice routine. Like it's one of the first things I do when I take my flute out is to like set a timer for ten minutes and improvise. Because for me, it's like I'm warming up the musical gland, and I think that's the thing people forget when they're practicing. Like you have to warm up your sound, you have to play your scales, and you have to do your tone exercises and all of this. But what about your musicality? Don't don't neglect your musicality. It it's the most important thing you have. Um, so I'm very familiar with what it feels like to improvise by myself. And the thing that's magical about 
this group in particular is that it feels the same for me to play with Bam and Rodrigo as it does to play alone in terms of how quickly I can make changes, how, how responsive they are to what I do and how responsive I am to what they do. Like it feels very mind meldy. Like we understand what needs to happen together and we do it. Is there and that's a, what this record is. Is there a lead role or are you, is you, you very much have equality of, of complete equality? Really? Yeah. Um, no, there's no lead role. There's the way it feels to play with them. It's like, it's like, uh, we're holding a giant ball and it's a balancing act, but the ball weighs nothing. But if one of us, like we're, we're all supporting the music and each other in a really even way. And sometimes someone will step up and do like take a lead role for a moment, but there's no, there's no like. I am the soloist and you guys are playing behind me. It's always a fluid motion between all of us. How often do you record the... We've only made this one record. Wow. I mean, in not recording as you go along, you, you could have no. missed some real gems, couldn't you? We have. <laughs> because just the fact that <laughs> Frankly, it's all Frankly, we have. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. That's like that's the thing that makes it so alive. And we recorded this on January 24th. And like the next day, Rodrigo went on the last tour before lockdown, he went to Germany for two weeks. And his, his wife had bought him a pack of masks and he was like, yeah, it's funny. Mm. And you know, those are now the masks that they are using to go grocery shopping. Yeah. Can I just go back one? Sorry. You recorded this in one day. In one morning. What? It's all improvised. Yeah, but... So, (laughs) you go in, you push record, and you play. And you capture the moment. It's a... What a recording is to me, it's a record of the event of people making music in a room. And that's not, like, I have to to give credit to where that line is from. That's not something I say. That's Ani DeFranco. That's a lyric in an Ani DeFranco song. Mm -hmm. It's a record of the event of people playing music in a room. And that's what this is. Like you, if you have improvised music in this way, you don't do overdubs. You can't do overdubs. It's gone. You either you either made something that matters or you try again. So in effect, you've just recorded three people talking. But we recorded, yeah, we recorded one of the most intimate conversations I can imagine. And also, Rodrigo had to leave early, so there's two tracks on the record that's just me and Bam. And when you listen, first listen back to it what were you feeling did you think wow yeah um i mean for me this record i i've used this phrase about it talking to the band and talking to my friends about this is making this record has changed me it has changed who i am as a musician um it has changed how i see myself because listening back to it i hear myself in a way that is fearless completely but you also like I hear myself as I want to be but you also play it's very raw you're playing you're playing very naked aren't you because there is no structure because what's coming out is complete musicality yeah you've nowhere to hide no and I like that I don't want to hide I don't want to I don't want to have a wall between me and the people that I care about and you know the listener as a musician, the listener is someone that I care intimately about. 
the listener is the most important person to me. And it's on the individual level. It is. And I don't want to have a wall there. Yeah, you always believe in a narrative anyway, don't you? You always believe in creating the narrative of the piece you're playing so the audience can actually understand where you're going and to almost dive into this ocean with you. I mean, that's that's what I want. I want to be with them. And I want that community. Like that's That to me is what was so beautiful about that experience with the homeless shelter was we were told that these women were going through a really hard time and we were specifically told to like keep it light keep it upbeat like don't don't say anything that can be triggering for them and like the the intensity of what was in the room i i i wanted to make sure that they felt that i cared about them and the best way for me to do that is through sound that's where i can be that type of present this album it's a multi-level experiential concept, isn't it? Sure is. <laughs> now, <laughs> tell our listeners what you've created for people to do while they listen to it. So this actually ties into something you said earlier, Jean-Paul, about like the cocoon. Yeah. The co- like that part of being in New York is that it's very loud. And it's very energetic and things are moving super fast all of the time. And it's just like, you know, it's a big energy type of place. And with lockdown, everything went inside and became small. Everything became very quiet and still all of the sudden. And we were all forced to look at ourselves and look at each other and look at you know, our fears and our hopes and our dreams and the things that we'd lost and the things that we didn't know we were missing in our lives. And, you know, all of these, all of these things all of a sudden became really, really loud. The things that we'd been silencing with the noise that the city makes. And when, um, when Bam and Rodrigo and I listened to the mixes again, our initial plan was to just like cut out the best parts and make that into a couple of songs and use that to book gigs basically um but we listened to it a week after lockdown and like upon listening to it again my reaction was that I just honestly I just like cried for the whole time I listened to it several times and I just like I was shaking and crying at what I had lost and I'm not getting to play music with them um what um and so what we decided to do with it was we're going to release the whole thing which is what we did and we also want to give people, like, there. this record encompasses everything. It goes to all the places, and it holds space for everything. So we wanted to give people a, something to do along with listening to it. Um, so what I've done is, listening back to it, Bam has a poem by Rumi that he really loves, that he felt connected with what the record was bringing up for all of us and I have taken every letter and every punctuation and every space in that poem and done a full page of a mandala for it for people to color as they listen and that's that was actually our album release thing for this record is we did a zoom hang where people signed up I sent them a pdf they printed it and we listened to the record on zoom and colored together for an hour and a half because it's a long record. That is a very long record, Elsa. It is, but it's every note that we played that day. 
every note, nothing taken out, nothing. Nothing is taken out. Because that was that was the thing that we noticed. Like when we when we first listened to it, we were like, oh, there's, you know, there's some fat on this joke. We can cut some things. And that's where like we we're going to go our separate ways. And we were going to like all write down what our favorite parts of it was. And then when I listened to it again and we all listened to it again after after lockdown, all the favorite parts had shifted. My favorite parts of this record now are when we don't sound sure. It's the moments where you can hear us navigating and you can hear us like having to make collective decisions and you can hear the moments where we are really communicating. It's not just the moments where we find complete clarity. It's the moments where we don't have them that are the most beautiful to me because you can only get that when you're in a room together. So Elsa, for our listeners... Should we play a track? Let's play part of a track. Uh, yeah, um, yes, because this is very long, isn't it? <laughs> the record is the record is that's that's the thing with this band is that our songs are usually at least twenty minutes. Wow. The gigs that we've played, we start playing and we play until the booker tells us to stop. Like we play for an hour and don't notice time going by. And within that, there's songs and there's moments where it ebbs and flows, but it's it doesn't just like stop. So I would like to play for you. Bam has because we don't have a band photo and we couldn't make a music video. Bam makes these stop motion animations and they are adorable and really beautiful. And I I love them a lot. Um, And he made one of the three of us for a three minute cut from the first track on the record, which is called Forward. And uh, I'd like to play that for you. And please go check out the video. Oh, absolutely. There Uh, is a cardboard version of me and it's the cutest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) What should our listeners be visualizing whilst they're listening to this? Bearing Mm. in mind they can't color. They can't color. Well, it's also three minutes. You don't really have time to color. No. What they should be visualizing. I mean, what, I'll I'll tell you what we heard in this clip. What we as a band heard, because Bam wants to make two more that aren't this, but he heard, we all heard the darkness that came. Like the thing of seeing the darkness come and being overwhelmed by it, but then finding your support and finding your community and that we can actually... We can face this together and we have been, and we will continue to, and we will, we will move forward. So hold on to that thought, hold on to that strength and knowing that it's a constantly moving forward imagery as you listen to this.
Well, Elsa, I don't know what to say. I mean, <laughs> not only was it quite deep and quite dark, but, well, you went for it with the flute, didn't you? Woohoo! Yep. The flute is an electric guitar that just goes sideways if you do. If you know how to act like a guitar, you can. Interesting that you can managing to push that music on, not knowing where you were going at that moment. So literally, you're living in the moment, you're working with the other two, not knowing where it's going to go. And I find that really conceptually quite strange because in hmm. music you start and you know when you're going to get bar 16, bar 32, and you know where the repeats are, but there is not nothing. You're just, you're going into an empty space. Yeah, I love that space. That that's the space that, but just it's, say, not a, it's not an empty space at all, actually. It's, it's the space where creativity lives and it's the space that is the same for every human that's alive like we all have that space it just means different things to different ones of us but it's a very vulnerable space yeah because you don't know where you're going and if you're you know we all have highs and lows in the day we all have um, hormone levels are up and down and just going into this you it could really be quite um you know it could really open up a can of worms couldn't it because it's completely free. It's completely free and it requires an immense amount of trust. Mm. And it, it requires, for me, the trust. Like it, there's a level of trust between me and my instrument that I, I can get myself into any kind of madness musically. I know I can get myself out. And there's a trust between the musicians that... I mean, Bam played some bass lines on there that honestly, I don't know what he did. I have no idea what time signature that is. I still played over it. <laughs> and then later we analyzed it and he was like, wow, I don't know what I did there. I'm like, great. It sounded cool. You don't have to know. You have to listen. You have to be present. You have to react. But you don't have to know. You have to know yourself and your instrument well enough that you can react. That's the thing. Like the skill... The skill set that's required for doing this type of improvisation is the same. It's, it's pure creativity, but you have to know your instrument well enough that if you hear something, it can come out without you having to translate it. But you have to have complete trust in yeah. your, the partners you're playing with. Uh, absolutely. Like I've played so much free jazz that was terrible because... Yeah. Like people just stomped over each other and it wasn't listening and it wasn't compassionate and it wasn't present. It was just like, we're living in an aesthetic and we're following these other set of rules, which to me isn't free. Um, one, of, one of the terms that has come up to describe what like, the genre of this record is improvised cinematic music with a touch of lava, mm. which I, just, I really love that description because that's what it feels like. I, I can, when, when this band plays together, I can see the movie. I can see the plot. I can see, like, that's what it feels like when something needs to change, when a change needs to be made, and any one of the three of us might make that change. So it's a completely immersive project, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It, like that, 
that to me is also the power of what music is, is that we can not get lost in it, but we can let it support us. And that's, that's one of the reasons that, I mean, this is a really quick turnaround. We recorded in January and we released it in May. Mm. So that's, you know, we have to mix it. We have to master it. There's a lot of things that go into making a record. And the reason we wanted to do this so quickly was because, because of how we felt listening to it. Like when, like week one of the lockdown, listening to it and being like, oh, I remember. I remember what this feels like. I remember what it feels like to get to be supported in this way. And for me, that's why this needed to happen as fast as it could. Um, because I, if it felt that good for me to be supported listening to myself, which is a very different experience than listening to someone else, my hope, my, my fondest hope is that other people can listen to this and feel like it's holding space for them to be what they need to be. Sounds wonderful. I've only just heard that little snippet, so I'm looking forward to delving deeper. In a moment, I'd like to talk about a bit more about free improv um, in the context of mental health uh, and processing oh, yeah. there. Um, but, <laughs> but before we do so, can you just tell our listeners where they can find this uh, album? Uh, we have decided to put it up on Bandcamp as a pay what you want, um, because right now we know that a lot of people are not working, are not able to work. And um, if you can support, please do. If you can't, it's still there for you. Um, if you download it from Bandcamp, I will have your email and I will send you a, uh, a mandala. Um, you can also find all of the letters on our website that is Elsa Nilsson Music slash South by Northeast for Human Beings, um, dash between every word. Um, but you can also find it on Spotify. You can find it on iTunes. It's, it's wherever you find your music and it's for you. Like it's for human beings. The art is all, the letters of our artwork is, is the letters that you would color. Um, some letters have already been colored clearly. And if you want to color one that already has been, go for it. If you want to color one that hasn't been, send it to me after and we will put it on the website with your coloring. What's the album because called again, Elsa? For Human Beings. For Human Beings. Yep. Says it all really, doesn't it? It really does. And that is actually from the poem. So let's talk about human beings and what it's like to be human. Let's uh, do that. And a passion of mine, which is mental health. We've, yeah. we've touched a bit about free improv and how that can... I mean, if I was to do free improv, I think it wouldn't be good for my mental health because I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't know where I was going, what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I'm a very big onion. I've got so many layers. And <laughs> let's talk about your take on free improv in the context of mental health. I mean, for me, improvising has, has been my therapy forever like it's it's been the thing that allows me to to actually feel my feelings that in the rest of my life I set aside because I I'm not strong enough to look at them um I had a lot of things 
think when when I was 14, my dad broke his neck and my life completely fell apart. And the only way for me to cope with that was to not not deal with my feelings because it was too much. And I would just play. Um, I played piano at the time I had just started playing flute. So I didn't like, definitely wasn't very good at flute. I knew like five notes, but those five notes I would improvise because just getting to live in the sound, like that, that thing of, is it good or not? That's not an important question when you're starting to improvise. It doesn't matter. Like, what are you feeling and can the sound help you? Can the sound help you process it? Can the sound help you let it out without hurting yourself? And that's, that was my experience. My first experiences with improvising was just like, I need, I need this feeling to go somewhere that isn't in me. It needs to get out. And my instruments was how, how I did that. The healthy way I did that. I did some other stupid stuff too, but you know. So you were saying you were using improv as a therapy, but yeah. in saying that, surely there will be times when the therapeutic process would unlock something within a performance. Yeah, absolutely. And that I think that is what I mean with like, I'm different after making this record. It unlocked some things playing this, knowing what it felt like to play this, like, I didn't realize how guarded I was. I didn't realize how, um, how much I hold the people I care about at arm's length because I don't want to hurt them with what I think is my horrible behavior. And like just me being a terrible person because that's how I see myself. And I, in listening to this record and then listening to what like, I can't deny what I brought to this and I can't deny the support and love that I hear from my bandmates and the support and love that I hear myself giving them. I can't, I can't not see that. And looking at that made me look at the rest of my life and be like, where, where else am I missing this? Where else am I ignoring beauty that's there because I'm not strong enough to look at it. I'm not strong enough to accept it. And how can I, how can I be better about that? How can I accept the support that I have instead of just trying to be strong all the time? Have you, do you think you've been wearing a mask for many years? Oh, I know I have been. I know I have been. I mean, part of, part of it is like, I know that these interviews, I sound very open and I am. I like, this is entirely me. But the thing is, I don't tell my friends anything that I wouldn't say in an interview. So, like, the entirety that is me, there are things that I'm, that I'm holding back. And it's not, it's not a mask. I'm not pretending. I'm not faking. It's just there's things that I don't accept about myself. And I'm pushing those aside. And, the, like, the thing about improvising, the thing about music being the space where I get to be my entire self, that's me. That's me allowing myself to be that. It's redefining improvisation into a freshness, a forward yeah. momentum, because I th I think you could improv 
and be overwhelmed with the feelings of the past, what I should have done, what I shouldn't have done. But somebody like you can drive the improvisation into new realms, into new air, yeah. into new colours. I mean, without, it's, it's exploration. Yeah, without dwelling or trying to unearth. I know it's really hard if you're using it as a therapeutic process of not unearthing uh, little magma fields and um, little eruptions every now and then. But do you find you're strong enough to be able to begin the process of drawing a line? Because obviously this album has unlocked something, something major yeah. in you. As you say, it's changed you as a person. Do you think yeah. that you could draw an improv line prior to this album, except past whatever's gone on in the past, whatever opportunities you've taken and missed or whatever, and say, right, I have to look at Elsa through new lens, through a new lens. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of that's part of losing yourself in the music too. Is that when I'm in that state, I am the purest form of myself, and what that means is that I'm not judging myself, and I'm very hard on myself i judge myself like so this, this i don't see good things that i do ever this, this is odd. this is really it. odd for me to hear elsa because i've known yeah? you for, i've known you for a long time and you <laughs> you never seem to be you're no never judging outwardly you've always seemed acceptance so this self-judgment has obviously been going on inside yeah god that's yeah so, that's i so like destructive it's incredibly destructive and it's exhausting, frankly, like that's, um, I mean, that's why flute conventions have been really hard for me. Cause I spend the whole time being like, I'm not as good as these people. <laughs> like I'm everyone here is incredible and I don't measure up. Like, Again, that's a, a judgment based around a perception rather than a, a yeah. fact. When when in reality, I'm just doing something different. Yeah. And I can learn from, like, I have learned so much from the wonderful people I've met at those conventions. Like, I've learned, like, watching Melissa Keeling play with pedals is so inspiring. The... the she has a precision that she that she understands the pedals with that I don't at all. I'm I improvise with the pedals too. They it's a free for all, and I find sounds that I love and I sort of knew what, know what I'm doing. But in terms of finesse and beauty and precision, Melissa is brilliant. And like, there's so many other people at that I've met through through NFA and through the flute world that instead of looking at them and being like, I'm not, I'm never going to be that good. I'm never going to be that, not even like sure of myself or I'm never going to be able to feel that good about myself like these people do. Instead of looking at them being like, okay, well, we're all human. And there's strengths that they have that I can learn from and strengths that I have that they can learn from. 
and the fact that improvising like this is like it's not hard for me it just is it's it's my natural state and all of the practicing i do because i practice a lot it's so that when i hear something it can come out i it's already in my fingers but the problem is my ear is pretty huge so i keep hearing things that i can't play so i have to keep practicing <laughs> tangent that went some places sorry no i was just I was just thinking about the the validity of comparison because it's a natural thing when you're in the art, certainly as a musician, is that you'll hear another player play and think, God, they're so good. And there's a mixture of envy and wishing and, you know, resignation. But if only we just looked inside our own special selves, our own unique selves, and know that... What we do is unique. Whether you're a someone that's only been playing a year, whether you're an adult that's coming back to flute playing, whether you're Dennis Buryakov at the LA Phil, or if you're Elsa Nilsson doing free jazz, we're all got our own space. Yeah. But as a human, and we started on this as is this this point with the name of your last album, it's a thing we have this nasty habit of doing which is comparing ourselves judging ourselves and that does just one thing that affects our mental health it also builds a wall it, yeah like me talking about the way i treat myself it's it's hard and it's scary because i don't i don't want to seem that weak i don't want to seem that like uh, Elsa, it's actually flawed. <laughs> it's mate, it's, yeah. it's a strong thing to do. The fact is, you're putting it out. There'll be so many people that will feel the same. The fact is that somebody, and in this case, it's Elsa, is actually saying, "Yeah, I feel shit as well." Yeah, and it's fine to feel that bad. It's what you do with that feeling that can either be constructive or destructive. Yeah, that's that's actually like there's a lot of things we've talked about all the things about this virus and the world falling apart around it that have been bad. But there's a lot of things that I think are actually I'm finding to be very beautiful. And this is one of them is that people are starting to really show you who they are. Yeah. And I don't have to wonder anymore. Like the people that I love and that I want in my life, I know. I'm very clear on that. And the people that were detrimental, I'm also very clear on that. Like, there are people that I need to be keeping at arm's length for my own sanity and for my own mental health. I can't give everything to everyone, but I can give music to everyone. Because you are a I giver, Elsa. Myself. Let's face it, you're a giver. You're not a taker, you're a giver. Oh, yeah. To my own detriment, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and the environment we're living in now, we're coming to full circle here. The environment yeah. we're living in here at the moment where there is no live performances. You know, income streams are, you know, you're having to do your teaching via Zoom, which isn't the same. No. You're... You know, the oh, my God. The things, the things that I teach, how do you teach that on Zoom? How do you teach presence? How do you teach the emotional impact of a note like 
I'm figuring it out and it's it's working and I'm I'm able to reach my students but it's so hard. Elsa, how do you think when New York unlocks fully? Mm-hmm. How do you think? And I, I know it's the think because it's not at this moment. But how do you feel? You will feel deep down. I know you're going to come out the, out of this a very different person. You've already said that. Yeah. But how many new colours will you see? How free will you feel? Walk, being able to walk out of your apartment, being able to go into Manhattan, go to Blue Note, go to anywhere you want and actually sit and listen. I'm going to feel so alive. Yeah. I'm going to feel so grateful for every second I get to spend with the people I love. Um, and I already do. Like... I mean, I'm good about I'm good about gratitude. Oh yeah, you've always been good about gratitude. But <laughs> that word, you're going to feel alive. Yeah. I think holding on to that energy, it's almost like visualizing a candle, isn't it, with a little flame? And it's a long way away with you at the moment, and you know people that are feeling really low. Yeah, but that's why that's why lattice. That's why that concert series. Yes. That's why like. Even if it's not the thing that we really, really crave, it's a reminder that that thing is still here and we're still here for each other. And like, we are going to get through this. Yeah. And it will spark a new era of creativity. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that on good days I believe and I hold on to. And on bad days I forget because I forget things. Yeah, we okay. get to rebuild this. It's okay to have good days. It's okay to have bad days. Of course. It has to be. And you have to accept it. On a bad day, yeah. you have to accept the fact that tomorrow's a new day. Which is why I have three new coloring books. <laughs> <laughs> how far have you got? Th- how far have you got through them? I haven't started. They arrived yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> now tell me, how is your lovely husband Cody? How is he? Um, how is he surviving with the up and down Elsa at the moment? Um, <laughs> it's a struggle. Um, it's hard for him as well being a drummer it's i mean he's also lost everything he's lost a lot more than i have in terms of that because he doesn't teach as much got you and he was playing like he's not only a drummer he's an incredible drummer and the the strength that cody has as a musician is that and like as as a human like the reasons i love him is that he has the ability to make people their best yeah and what that means in a in a in a band is that he makes every band that he's in they won't call subs for him <laughs> they won't because his presence in the music and his presence on stage and his like the person that he is is his strength in yeah. his playing well i think if anyone get, if anyone's ever seen cody play they will know that he's not only a stunning percussionist and drummer but he's almost he's hidden he doesn't make a, a, a point of being the man. He is a physical representation of support. <laughs> yeah. Like in every, in every way. And like, that's the thing that he's lost. He can't do that for his friends right now. And also he was playing gigs minimum five days a week. He was going into Manhattan to play a gig most days. 
and we haven't left our neighborhood in six weeks. So what's he doing? Is, you haven't got him coloring, have you? Um, he's teaching some. Um, he's teaching some, and he's helping me with Lattice, which yeah. I'm very grateful for. He's being my social media elf with Lattice. Um, he's also coloring a lot. We're cooking a lot. He's making some really incredible food, which means I have to run really far to not gain a bunch of weight. <laughs> So has you I ran run... a half. I ran a half marathon a couple of weeks ago, just because uh, you know. No, what no, else no, am I no, no. Do? Elsa's. Can you say that again? Yeah. I I ran a half marathon a couple of weeks ago because what else am I going to do right now? Oh, you are barking. <laughs> yes, I am. You're right. <laughs> uh, we, we've got the laughy barking mad Elsa Nelson back, and uh, so. How has your relationship changed? Because this must have been the longest you've spent actually physically together, probably yeah. since you got married. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we both used to travel a lot. We both used to tour a lot and work a lot. And it's our our relationship is changing and it's changing in a really good way because we have the time to have conversations and explore things and spend the amount of time that it takes to have some really difficult conversations, frankly, that we've been married for, we've been together for almost 13 years. And, you know, busy working musicians mm. the whole time. Well, everything evolves and busy working musicians never get the opportunity or they do get the opportunity to put off things that have to be said. But yeah. in saying things, just like you have to say things yourself when that voice is making you feel really crap about yourself. You know, you have to have this conversation with people and with yourself to enable you to move forward. Yeah. And that's, this is actually another thing. I'm glad you asked this. This is another thing about Corona that I'm finding to be beautiful is that like we're having the time to actually rediscover how much we love each other and how much we appreciate each other and how much we've been taking each other for granted and to rectify that and to move forward after this with with a life that is more what we wanted it to be and it's going to be hard like everything is going to be so hard every day is going to be so hard but we get to rebuild and that's a responsibility too there is and hold on to that flame hold on to the spark yeah and know that it won't be too long, Elsa, before you're alive again, in the figurative speak. Yeah, I mean, Lattice, Lattice is keeping me alive. Um, and the people, I mean, the other artists, yes. Also, it's too much work for me, so I asked some of my friends if they could help. And people are stepping up. And it, like, it ties into hindsight, like all of that stuff. of That music was all for showing gratitude and showing solidarity with people who are affected by those issues, but also call to action and gratitude for everyone who shows up. And people are still doing that. Even in isolation, we can still show up for each other. And people are, and it's, it's really inspiring to see. And you're inspiring to talk to. You may not Thank feel you. like it at the moment, but you are. Because <laughs> Thank you. It, I appreciate it's, that. it's unusual that people you know, come on the airwaves and be very honest and open about the bad times 
how they feel? I think it's really important um, because for me, the hardest times are when I feel alone. And these are the things that I struggle with. These are the things that I feel alone about. And when I, when I can hear someone else having a similar experience on any level, it helps me a lot. And I want to do that for other people. In a, in a strange way, it's inspiring to know that you're navigating a path. You can see an aliveness ahead. You can see a future. You know it's going to be difficult. And you're just w- trying to find that route. It's not straightforward. You're not just getting, getting in a boat and crossing the river from one side to another. You're, get, you're zigzagging and you're trying you to miss, find that way. You miss things if you, if you try to go too straight. You miss so much beauty if you're only looking straight. You've said that for years. <laughs> You've always said that. When, when you, you, said, you said to me years ago, you said, uh, we, we're having this sort of, I think, philosophical chat over coffee, and you're talking about walking <laughs> that sounds down. Sounds about right. <laughs> we, we were talk, you, were, you were talking about walking down the sidewalk or somewhere, and you said about how people are constantly looking ahead, and by looking ahead, they're missing the beauty up sideways, other sideways, and they're missing the sounds <laughs> and the colours. <laughs> so, yes, you're exactly right. If you zigzag, <laughs> you're not missing anything. You haven't changed, Elsa. No. <laughs> No, if anything, the, the transformation I'm going through right now is I am becoming more myself. And that shit hurts, guys. <laughs> that shit hurts a lot. But, because there's, but you obviously feel as though you need to do it. Honestly, yes, I need to do it. I also feel like I deserve to do it. I deserve to like who I am. Oh, how wonderful. Absolutely. Every single person deserves to, to yeah. know themselves, but also to have the opportunity to like themselves. And what, what's, what's and all, because no, nobody's perfect. Yeah. No, and, and like again, there's beauty in that too. Absolutely. There's beauty and in imperfection. Yeah, and that's like, tying it back to the free improvisation and that space of creativity that like that everybody has no matter what that how that creativity manifests in your life everybody has that spot inside them that is just their their true self without the ego and without the stories it's just who you really actually are and that is the commonality of that is the same for all of humanity and it is the thing that i that that i believe is going to get us through this and that i believe is why we need the art and we need the music because that connects us to that even if we ourselves don't if that creativity doesn't manifest in our lives as we are creating something if it manifests in another way like having a child and caring for your child that is that same thing and enjoying nature like there's there's so many ways that this can manifest this just like feeling of true peace and flow and for me i find that in improvising will you come back again when in a couple of months time when you've navigated further across this river of, of self discovery of course and let us know 
how you're going, how you're doing, how Happy you're finding the new Elsa. Because I think wherever Elsa takes Elsa, there'll be bits of it that you won't like, but there'll be bits, uh, bits of it that you'll come to accept. Yeah. And I just think it'd be great for us to touch base again because mental health for everybody, but for creatives especially, it's something that we bury. It's something that we put a mask on when we're performing and we, if we don't address these issues, we have to take professional help or we become like a pressure cooker and we self-destruct. Yep. <laughs> and... I think in speaking out, Elsa, about what you're beginning to go through and also the fact that all these years you've been doing improv but doing improv as a therapy. And I'm now that I'm doing actual therapy, I'm no longer using playing as therapy. And ah, it's pretty I've got scary. You. I've got you. It's pretty scary. Like, I feel like I'm losing who I am because I've had this thing of my flute being kind of an emotional bandit and I need to play to feel like myself. And that's not what I'm experiencing right now. Like, I need to play because I love music and because I think it matters. And because, you know, all the things that we've talked about, I still need those things. Mm. But I don't need the part of it anymore that is anxiety medication basically the part of it that that unless I do this I'm not okay and it's changing how I'm playing it's when I do take my flute out now which I'm still taking it out most days when I do take it out I feel freer on my instrument and I feel it, it's because I feel freer within myself and yes I'm just starting this journey but I already feel a huge difference and I didn't I didn't think of this actually this is Cody told me oh so is, is, he, is he noticing a new Elsa emerging he's hearing it he, he's hearing it change my playing and yes he's noticing a lot of things changing um but specifically musically like he's hearing me not do the anxiety practice that I used to do every single day that I had to do these things every single day in order to remain in shape which is not strictly speaking true for me with the music that I play and what I do like I don't have to play all my scales in every key every single day I know my scales they're in my fingers I don't have to shed them but I was doing it as a anxiety thing and the same with running and the same with yoga everything I was doing in my life was just so that I could manage my life not so that I could enjoy it so enjoyment really will be something that you appreciate the true value of and it'll be a new experience a new experience to actually feel true joy yeah oh it's been so it is it's been so refreshing <laughs> talking to Elsa I mean it's I think silence is obviously the best response just to allow things to go in yeah and you've been so refreshing and so open and yeah, I thank you so much for being willing to do this. Thanks, John Paul. I and anyone who's listening, like I'm here. I'm I'm a person. <laughs> you can find me easily if you want to write me things. 
I'll write back when I can. Oh, Elsa does. Elsa is very approachable. So if you're out there and something resonates and you just feel like Elsa may be able to lead you along the, along the right path and, you know, just give you something to hold on to, then drop her a line. Yeah, and now you all know I teach online too, so... Yeah, and that's important. That's important. Um, How's the book going? Let's let's finish on positives. Let's finish on. Let's uh, yeah. The book actually um, sold out at the flute center again. (laughs) So they came. They came to my house and we did a contact free pickup. So they have another ten copies now. Um, I think people are buying it from All Flutes Plus too. Brilliant. But I am. I am still shipping it from my house. If anyone wants it, Um, I'm. I'm considering starting to do a once a week Zoom with the material in the book. So if anyone hears this and they're interested in that, let me know. Because there's a lot of stuff in there that is actually possible to teach over Zoom. And that would be, I just finished like yesterday, I finished my semester at new school and I loved it so much. I loved those students so much and I'm gonna miss them. Like I've never, my first semester teaching there so I've never taught a semester before I've always just had my students and watched them grow for years and now I'm like I'm wait I'm done with these kids no (laughs) no (laughs) um but the the magical thing about the between the beats concept is that it's a lot of the stuff that we've talked about in this podcast it's how to practice those things. It's literally like, this is an exercise for practicing feeling this way about music. And you don't have to improvise to do it. You don't have to do anything that you're not comfortable to practice feeling this way when you're playing. Check it out, guys. Between the Beats. Between the Beats. By Elsa Nilsson. Let's catch up again in a few weeks' time, Elsa. Sounds good. See if the... The bulb of growth has started to flower again. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm so looking forward to seeing your music and what's going to come out in the future with, as you're <laughs> saying, a new Elsa being yeah. somebody that is more happy in her own skin and one that, frankly, doesn't care what anybody else thinks. I mean, that, that part of me has always been there, but I'm starting to like that part of me instead of trying to suppress it. So that's, that's good. So thank you so, yeah. so much. And also thank you for Cody, who's probably sitting in the background. Uh, oh, yeah. Keeping quiet. Yeah, he's, he's right there. <laughs> <laughs> so love to Cody. Love to your, your good self, Elsa. And let's catch up again soon. Yes. Thank you so much, Jean-Paul. This has been a pleasure. So thanks once again to the lovely Elsa. And to you for listening in to this Talking Flutes Extra podcast. Keep smiling through these strange times. Keep practicing. Take care. And stay healthy. Goodbye.
Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.